This is the X and Y podcast. Hello from Japan. This is the X and Y podcast, uh, episode 13 of season one. Um, let's, a couple of days later than expected, um, we, uh, we, we are actually busy and uh, there, there are other issues going on. Uh, one of the major issues is uh, about actually going to be about today's uh, topic um, of depression. And uh, Joe in London has been... Uh, battling with depression uh, it's a very common problem and uh, it affects a hell of a lot of people it uh, tends to af affect men more than women though that doesn't by any means mean that uh, women are unaffected and uh, but it it generally does affect men a lot more and we're here talking about men's issues so uh, I shall uh, I shall ask Joe really to talk about his experiences with depression and um, with, uh, with that said, Joe, how are you doing? Morning or good afternoon to you, I believe, or morning to you. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, I've had a few days, uh, as, as, you, as you've said, um, with depression. It's not a new thing. I've had it for the majority of my life, really. It wasn't really recognised. It was a pull up your pull up your socks sort of attitude, you know, pull your socks up sort of thing, you know. Yeah, I do. So yeah, um, yeah so so and we we both suffer. I mean, we both we both had it, and um, I think it's I, I'm the sort of person that um, whenever I get any sort of ailment, um, I will look into it deeply to find out. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. I've had meningitis and all sorts of things and I, I will look into it and depression is one thing because I believe that you know when you have an enemy which depression is it's 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 good to recognize it and and fight the enemy as such indeed and there's a there is of course a lot of information available these days uh, on the internet the internet is a wonderful thing however there's also a lot of disinformation and um, amongst the good information you have to really sort through um, and try to filter out uh, what is useful information. And it's a very difficult one. I think that the internet is a good place to start, but um, I also think that discussing it with like-minded people and talking about it, I don't, I'm not talking about like when you've got, when you've got depression and you sort of want to go for the therapy side of talking to people, because that doesn't generally work as we will talk about it shortly, but uh, the, um, I just mean when you're not in a bout of depression, when you're actually feeling better and up to up to talking to people, uh, as we are doing now on this podcast, I think it's good to discuss with other people who have either suffered from depression, and I think sometimes it's good to talk to people who have lived with a person, be it your in intimate cohabiting partner or whether it's uh, a family member, um, it's also good to, to hear their perspective as well sometimes because, um, you know, although we are, we may be suffering from depression, it, it, it can be, it can have quite a negative impact on people around us. So uh, what exactly, uh, Joe, what exactly did you find on the internet that helped you understand depression? Well, 
Uh, as I said, I never knew. Uh, I just used to think it was normal to wake up every day wishing you was dead, and that that was that that was, the, you know, the the part where it was like, you know, I will pull your socks up, and um, and I I can't remember the book, but I remember reading a book about depression, and I thought I thought God, these all these symptoms are, are what I have. Um, so what I learned on the internet was uh, like the when when people say depression, there's not just one type of depression there's many many different types a very complex thing it could be a chemical imbalance it could be your environment uh, like a a bad family situation a bad marriage or maybe you're a single parent living on the 10th floor of a tower block with like roaming gangs so i I have i i self-diagnosed myself um and I went to the doctor and the doctor had never even heard. I got, I think I've got something called dystemic dis- depression. And I spoke to a, he's a relation of mine, a, a psychologist, and he'd never heard of it either. And dis- dystemic depression is basically the, when people get manic depression, the, the, the high, it, it's the low part. It's, that's the depression I've got. And it's chronic. You've got it for life. You can't get rid of it. Um, so, and I do have a bit of mania, but I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm manic depressive, but I do, I'm quite hyper um so that, that that you know that dystemic disorder I'd, I'd never heard of and i learned that through the the internet and also i learned about the different types of um um antidepressants i have taken antidepressants i'm not on them now um because i've been on different types i mean there's a lot of people that when people say antidepressants it's a bit like saying oh there's a motor car but there's many different types of motor cars because you've got ssris you've got snris and uh, uh, what's the other one? Tricyclic antidepressants. Now, the the most well known. If I said if I said to you Prozac, you'd you'd automatically know that, and most people would. And that's an SSRI, which means select, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Okay, and and I was on um, I was on something. It was called um, Citilopram, and it was okay. Um, but the funny thing is, these these antidepressants were brought in to take over from tricyclic antidepressants. And I actually got better with the old ones. I had side effects. I had a dry mouth. So I was constantly chewing gum all the time. And um, I had uh, I had trouble in the men's department. But we can do we can sort that out with blue pills now. So um, but I, I actually got on better with the with the old type. But unfortunately, they don't issue them anymore. So that's why I, t- I chose to come off them. So through the internet, I learned, you know, about exercise, for instance. But <clears throat> excuse me. One thing people don't realize, people right, I'm not going to I'm not going to say exercise is bad, but you can't stay on the treadmill 24 um, seven. You, you know, you've there's there's you do your hour or whatever it whatever it is, and then you're back to the real world. And there's a very famous um, well, I say famous, she was famous nationally. She was a, a personal trainer. Uh, Angie, Angie O'Dowd, and she was, she was, uh, yeah, Angie O'Dowd, I think it was, and she was um, uh, a lesbian, I don't think there's anything to do with it, but that, I'm just stating it, and, um, and she jumped off a cliff, and she suffered from depression, and she was a personal trainer, she was, she was on a lot of programs, you know, these um, uh, reality programs, where they get people fit, and things like that, and, and she jumped off a cliff, and she was a personal trainer, so she knows all about exercise, and I would imagine depression, and, and, and everything else, so, so, Doing exercise is not the be on end all, and nor nor is taking a drug. I don't think there's actually one uh, one way of dealing with it. Um, on some people it might be, but on some people it won't be. Some people are going to need. It's a bit like um, if depression is your enemy, you're going to need an army, an air force, and a navy to to deal with it, and each will each will deal with it in their own specific ways. 
so, some people are lucky that they, they'll get i get it in the winter this time of year especially um the other thing about depression is people automatically think that um depressives are like oh it's the end of the year it's the end of the world it's you know they're not they're not always like that they can be a lively person you know how many per tv personalities suffer from uh, depression um rock stars pop stars actors actresses people who have to sit in front of the camera comedians is is another very uh, is uh, another uh, group of people that suffer from depression as well and i've met quite a few comedians in in my line of work and they tend to be the most miserable bastards going actually <laughs> Well, you've, yeah, indeed. In fact, there's a very famous uh, comedian from uh, days of your, from around your way, of course, um, who uh, committed suicide. He was, um, of course, which is Tony Hancock. He, uh, he's, he's from the East End of London and he's probably the most, uh, I mean, maybe he's not known to a lot of younger people and a lot of non-British people these days, but um he is one of the most famous uh, comedians of the 19, what, 50s and 60s. And he actually uh, killed himself. And he was a very funny guy, uh, extremely funny. Um, I, I still enjoy listening to his, um, his, his, he did radio and TV. And um, it was called Hancock's Half Hour. And um, his, um, in the end, he did kill himself. And um, but there are others that you could name. And you, as you say, I think so, some of the uh, funniest comedians are also some of the um, uh, the biggest sufferers of depression. It, it's quite well known that. Um, and uh, Spike Milligan, Spike Milligan was one and he was on lithium for until he died. Yeah. Spike Milligan's a very famous and, one. Indeed. And he was he was he was a very funny, a very, very, you know, one of the. A real talent for for comedy. Indeed, uh, of course there are. Uh, we could name we could name quite a few. I mean, I think Stephen Fry is one that's actually sort of talked about it quite a lot yeah. openly. That, um, not not fun. so down with his politics, but I mean he has been quite open about his um, depression. Um, and um, I, I believe I believe Peter Sellers may have. I mean, Peter Sellers is to me Peter Sellers is somewhat of a hero because he's one of the to me one of the greatest <laughs> all time comedy actors. Um, and not just—I mean, he—not just comedy. He—he—he's very good at all acting, but he's just one of the greatest all-time comedy actors. I don't think there are many people that have, have topped him, uh, have beaten him to the, uh, the that that rank, rank in my estimations. But um, the—I I believe he may have suffered from depression, but I—I I, I could be wrong. But anyway, um, going back to what you were saying, the—I um, think, yeah, certainly my experiences are that um, there is no one answer and um it's interesting because i i do remember i've seen like these um i've seen i've watched these um documentaries where they they interview people about their depression especially people who are basically successful and um such as celebrities and they do say that <clears throat> they um that if like like they've they get the question was I think if you could take a pill now to utterly cure your depression uh, would you do it and um, the majority of them actually said no because they felt that in some ways their depression was part of their um, part of their personality that had enabled them to become either creative or or um, it had 
although when they are suffering from depression, they're not creative. It's when they come out of the depression or when they're not in that depression that they believe it has contributed towards their creativity and who they are. And they worry about what would happen if they took that away. Now, having said that, um, I personally would would like my depression to be totally eliminated. Although, again, I don't know how that would manifest in a new personality. Would that create an overall new personality? Because as you know, people who are on antidepressants, and I've, I've witnessed, I, by the way, I've never taken antidepressants myself, but I've seen, uh, despite suffering from depression, I've never taken antidepressants. And um, I have been in very dark times and I have been very, very close to, to suicide. However, um, I think that watching people around me on antidepressants, um, which I think most of us know, if we haven't taken them ourselves, but I think most of us know people who have taken them and, and have seen how the effect of antidepressants. The, if, I found that those people are 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 not really they're, they're unnatural they're kind of um either they appear totally um totally almost without personality almost sort of like they've had their personality removed which is i know is an odd one to say but a bit like have you seen that film with um there's that film with sean bean and um christian bale i think it is and they're like it's a sort of future dystopia film where they are like they're dressed in these black robes and they're sort of they're, they're judges or something. Um, yeah, they they have to go around killing people that have thoughts of their own. That's or is that something? yeah, or or dreams outside the dystopian view. Yeah, is, is that... sort of like an authoritarian future where everybody has <clears throat> yeah. to either they inject themselves or they already take some kind of medicine mm. or drug that mm. um, totally uh, removes their personality, totally removes their emotions. I think it is. Yeah. And, um, it's sort of so like so they, don't, so they don't question it basically, and they not only is it, do they not question things, but they don't feel uh, any uh, empathy, they don't feel any sympathy, they don't get bothered by mm. anything. So I think there's like a scene in the film where somebody's like um, uh, suffers, something happens in the street, somebody like either they're attacked or they they have an accident and they're, they're like suffering physically and emotionally distraught in the street and people are just like it's almost like that you hear about this they're stepping over the body or something you know they're um yeah. totally ignoring it and i feel that some people i've i've encountered on antidepressants do appear like that and some people have an mm -hmm. unnatural kind of they they giggle at everything they find everything amusing yeah um, and my also i found that they I think that's also, to a certain extent, I think, or to, to not just a certain extent, I think that is actually very dangerous when we end up with people who um, who are uh, indifferent to things that should trigger an emotional response. Um, mm. Now, I, having said that, we are we do appear to be in a climate of the, you know, the so the, the 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 SJW snowflake culture of yeah, we've, we've gone a bit too far the other way. Yeah, yeah. where people are yeah. you know <clears throat> reacting far too ex, it's extremely uh, with with emotions uh, and, and, and contradictory as well yeah. because they'll they'll worry about. Um, I was having some online. This, this is another thing. Stay away from depression. Stay away from online arguments. 
Um, the the um, I was actually having this online discussion with this guy talking about the starving kids in Africa. We we step over homeless people left, right, and centre here, and you know some of them are suffering from um, uh, like some sort of mental illness. The major- vast majority are men. Uh, they'll have a drink problem, a drug problem. Maybe they've gone through some something. I think a lot of them are ex-soldiers now because of uh, the recent events in Afghanistan and Iraq. And um, so, so like they, they sort of, it's like a, it's like a, a hypocritical sort of empathy. It, it, it's, it's so we can see something like a few thousand miles away, but we can't see it on our own doorstep. Well, I think yeah, and it's not only that. I think <clears> it's the, it's that that is a good example, and I think it's <laughs> the the hypocrisy goes further than that because you'll have people who will actually, I mean, they generally don't do this to your face, but you'll get people online making death threats. Um, and yet they're, they're, they're actually willing to, to wish death upon a person and suffering upon a person. Um, yet at the same time, they'll, 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 tr- they'll harp on about the rights of, um, of somebody who they they imagine is suffering because of some uh, identity issue, you know. Yeah. Um, so, did you, did you see the? Um, I think it was new, what's it called? Question Time on BBC last week with Lawrence Fox. He's from the acting dynasty of Edward Fox, and there's two foxes, isn't there? The, um, Edward Fox and something else, and he just said something like, "I'm tired of this." Um, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a privileged male, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, he had a good, a good upbringing, but that's not his fault. No one chose. And, I, and if I had a kid, if I could send him to private school, I would. And um, you know, and, and he's, a, you know, he's a, technically a, a privileged male. And, and he said something like, "I'm tired of this, um, of this, uh, this, you know, this abuse about being privileged and white and racist and everything else." And um, and then and, and I won't do the whole program, but when he got emails, somebody said, "I'd like to." unload to um, a double barrel shotgun in your face. I saw that. I, I, I didn't see the BBC <coughs> questions. I don't bother watching it because it's totally rigged. Mm. Um, but yeah. um, the um, I did see the the aftermath, which I believe is, is yeah. still sort of going on. I mean, these things these yeah. days on social media don't actually last that long because the, the nature mm. of social media is that things are, are changing at such a pace because of the, the way that communication spreads but i did see it it was all the rage for like a for a week at least um Mm. and um yeah i mean that's a good example and there are so many examples like that um Mm. and um it's yeah it's the fact that now i mean that there's a good example of just being um being a white man, um, especially if you're a straight white man, somehow um, <clears throat> you've become the the enemy of of the world. You, you, you're you're just the, the the worst demographic in the world. And yet, mm. actually, um, as you say, well, if you go, well, we are we are we are responsible for all things bad, you know. Well, appa- apparently we are. Yeah, and mm. um, if you, <clears throat> of course, if as you say, if you. In, in any major Western city, I mean, London, let's choose London because we're both from London. Everybody, it, just anybody at all who who has been to London can clearly see that the most disadvantaged uh, demographic in terms of being homeless and 
the least help available is actually a white man. Uh, and those though that the white men make up the majority of the uh, of the of home of the homeless population in London. And I suspect that is the case in uh, most um, most cities where there is a large homeless population in the and, white and, and a world. lot of these white, these are not necessarily white English people because a lot of them are like Eastern Europeans. You know, they come over here because same old story. London's paved with the streets are paved with gold and blah blah blah. And then they find out it isn't. They start getting into drink, and then it's when they know they're on the pavement. I mean, it's just, so it's not necessarily they're in, they're natives or no, indigenous, but, no. but but they're just white males. And and as a white male, yes, I'm white, but I, I'm I didn't speak English until I was five. My mother's Greek Cypriot. My mother's dark skinned, and uh, and I experienced racism as a, as a child. But I don't. But over but overall, my upbringing was I I lived in a country that was quite tolerant, and um, and I I prefer not to look at the negative stuff which was the minority it wasn't the majority um you know it was the minority i grew up with black people asian people different nationalities and, and cultures and that and um and i prefer not to look which is unusual for a depressive actually i prefer not to look at the negative stuff i'm not saying it's not there and i'm not saying it doesn't need addressing but it isn't the overwhelming um trait of the country yeah but i, I think you're right and i think that um we you know it's almost become it's become a kind of um what, what's the word it's almost like a mantra Echo it's almost like, Echo yeah well, no, i don't mean that. i mean it's like a mantra now whereby yeah. whenever you want to start um making any uh socio-political statement or or comment or even just a reply to somebody it's like you mm. have to you have to like uh, prefix it with this mantra like um caveat that well you know i grew up with this i grew i'm all my you know it's like the old one i'm not racist but or many of my yeah, friends yeah, are yeah. many of my friends <clears throat> are and then you know fill in mm. the gaps here black jewish uh, mm. asian uh, gay whatever you know mm. um i feel that um I, I i hear even hear myself doing it sometimes and i try not to do it mm. because um mm. I, you know it's it's almost you're basically by doing that, you're you sound like an apologist, which we're not, and then you sound also mm. like you're pandering to the you know the SJW brigade, the outrage mob, and um, it's it's just it's not really where where we should be. We should just be saying what we want to say without be you know yeah. because after yeah. all, and, it, and it's and again it's almost mantra like now. It's like people saying, well, you know, it, pointing out the fact that. Uh, a liberal a liberal society in the true sense of what used to be i mean what is now termed classically liberal but i mean in in a truly classically <clears throat> liberal society um we it's open for, for everybody to state their opinions um and um of course disc in, and in a democracy we hope that people discuss them and in a free and fair open democracy and society we 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 discuss them without trying to um, at and, least the, you know not 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 express not expressing your opinion is or your your emotions is a way of of, de of getting depression well good and i'm glad well. you said that because we need to come back round to the we've gone off on a tangent mm. we need to come back around to the, the, mm. the topic here which is depression and you are absolutely right and i think i live in a country with one of the highest suicide rates in the world and um uh, there are 
Um, I think South Korea and Japan um, have got uh, two of the, I don't know what the highest, the latest figures are, but I, over the years, I, I have, I haven't looked recently, but over the years, I remember uh, that at some point South Korea was the highest rate, had the highest rate of suicide. At some point, Japan had the highest rate of suicide. Um, it also depends on how the statistics are, are collected, because in Japan, um, suicide is not, although suicide is not considered, it's not actually considered shameful to commit suicide in Japan. It's considered almost honourable, and it used to be it's part of the old Bushido yeah, yeah, culture. Part, part the culture. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. suicide is an honourable way out of your problems. However, mm. uh, which I think is an absolutely um, repugnant concept. But anyway, mm. um, I think also the the fact that countries like Japan and South Korea. They, they don't, I mean, I, certainly living in Japan, I can tell you that, um, that suicide is not always reported. I mean, they, it's not always, if they're not sure what the cause of death was, they may not report it. And um, yeah, yeah. there are things where people try to commit suicide, they fail, but they die from like mm -hmm. related uh, injuries or something. And that may not be reported as suicide. Mm. So I think paracetamol is one of those where people might take uh, mistakenly take a dose of paracetamol and they might be pumped out and they might be safe, but it causes so much damage internally, you will die anyway. Exactly. So there are like, cases where know. I suspect <clears throat> the suicide rates yeah. are even higher. And I also suspect that the government mm. feels that globally speaking on, on the, on the national, on the international stage, they probably feel it, it's an embarrassment to their country that so many people kill themselves. And mm. um, it's probably one that, despite the high statistics, they're probably keen, even if possible, to hide as much as possible. You know, but what what um, what we you're right in saying that. And I think and the reason I mention that is because in Japan, it is a country where people are essentially um, told to first of all, they, they are always the culture is always avoid confrontation. Um, yeah, which has it, I mean, avoiding confrontation is, we've got the opposite now, where, especially online, where people are too confrontational, and because, but they're outraged for, you know, for things that should not bother you. But at, yeah, yeah, but at yeah. the same time, well, we, we, saw, we saw that with the recent Brexit thing, you know, like all these outraged Ramonas and I mean, gee, I've never known anything like it, to be honest, especially for Britain. But I think um, if you say, like, if if people are taught from an early age and they're taught in primary schools here, elementary schools, mm. primary schools here, they're taught, you know, that they must control them, their emotions and how to behave in public and how... And they're taught, really, this, this is the state, uh, government control, state control, telling them from an early age how to conduct themselves uh, to be good citizens and... Uh, I've never attended any of those classes because I came to Japan um, when I was 35 years old. So um, mm. I don't um, know what that's like. But my son is going through that now. Um, mm. Now, hopefully he'll have a lot of the sort of um, a lot of the uh, of my DNA in him, which which is always uh, questioning authority. In fact, doesn't really recognize any authority um mm. except you know except his father hopefully yeah um because that's how it should be in my opinion the only authority yeah. i believe uh that should govern us 
uh, comes from our parents and ideally our fathers. Uh, I know there are. And what, what, what do you think of like? I'm, I'm not sure about Japan, but here we got kids from I don't know 14, 15, like on you know all the way up to 20, 22, antidepressant and anti-anxiety drugs. Do you think that's part of the the oppressive state that we live in? Because I, I don't know if you're aware of this, and I, I might have told you this before, but the large and this is this is a figure that not not too many people talk about because it is men that the biggest killer of men between 20 and 50 years old is suicide and that's one male every two hours in the uk commits suicide well i know the rate of suicide has gone up because if you look back at older statistics and i I looked at statistics years ago and uh, britain was not that high compared to other uh, first world countries britain never used to be that high but it's got a lot higher now but i think right across the first world suicide has become a much bigger issue and especially for men um uh, we, we we're talking about men here by the way for those listening because of course this is aimed at men uh, there are women uh, who, who who are depressed and commit suicide but it's it afflicts men so much more that uh, um that's why we're focusing on this issue uh, anyway um i think that the the um the issue with uh, it's a it's a complex one, and I think one of them is um, surely it's to do with like uh, what I've heard about. You mentioned brain chemicals, but I think it's the fact that if if society becomes too safe and too if people become too uh, protected, uh, then I think uh, and also. I think there's, I don't know how much adrenaline plays in this. You may have read up on this, but I, I understand that adrenaline, adrenaline is um, definitely um, something that uh, can affect uh, depression. Because if, for example, I'll give you an example. When I, I mean, being streetwise, for example. So, yeah. I mean, growing up in London um, when I was a child, um, you had to be streetwise, not just a child yeah. through my team, you know, the whole, even now, of course. But I, I grew up in an environment, as did you, where you needed to be streetwise. And um, yeah. you, you, you were always on your guard and you, always, you were always um, aware that uh, there were dangers around you. And mm. um, you did live with a certain amount of fear. Now, I don't think I'm, I'm not comparing it with say a child living in in syria at the moment or somewhere like that i'm not comparing it with no, it's a, that's 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 a war zone. yeah it's that's different, different. Yeah. i'm just talking about <clears throat> on a daily basis when you go out mm. you're aware that there are dangers and you need to be made aware of those dangers and you need to mm. be able to confront them and go forward go forthright knowing that you may encounter danger and indeed you do need to encounter something dangerous sometimes mm. i did jordan, yeah. jordan peterson brings this up because it's about buttressing the mind it's about it's about buttressing the mind from a very young age to make you mentally resilient to a lot given you know strong mind it will overcome a strong body all the time and you can i mean there was a recent case you wouldn't know about it he's a, he a reality reality star but he's a greek guy buff good looking and um i think he lived with his grandmother got into a little bit of financial trouble committed suicide 
Jesus, I mean, if if I was going to commit suicide when I had financial trouble, I would have committed suicide a lot of times. <laughs> sure, well, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, you know, and and it's about having that that buttress of. Um, I mean, I suffer from depression. I, I was raised as a Christian. I, I'm not saying that I'm a God fearing Christian, but I do I do live my life as if there is a God. And um, so so I was raised that, and, and my mother raised me because I'm Greek Orthodox. My mother always said to me, do not ever commit suicide. It's the biggest sin against God. If I ever get those thoughts, that's, that's the first thought that comes into my mind is, is what she said. Um, and that, I'm not saying that's why I never did it, but that's that's one of the things. So so now I tend to tackle it. Like I just I just take Unfortunately, I've got a job that I can take time off of because I'm self-employed and I just don't go to work and I just lay in bed for days and it's fine. You know, I, I just think it's going to come. It's going to it's going to happen. It will it will pass its course sooner or later yeah I, i've had that i've been i've actually that is a common um a, a common reaction to depression i think which is something i've done mm. is just to uh lie in bed for uh for, for the duration or certainly for the 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 worst of it um that's certainly something that if you're in, if you've got if you're in if you in a situation that allows you to do that of course because for example, those people who um, have got family around them, maybe it's, they may not be able to do that. But at the same mm. time, um, you know, it depends on the culture or, or the society you live in. Because, for example, in Britain, if you are sick, you can easily get sick pay. You can easily like go to a doctor and get a sick note. And yeah, if you're mm-hmm. if you're in 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 employment, I mean, if you're self-employed like we are. Uh, you can't mm. do that if you don't work yeah, yeah. with me and the mm. same with you if i don't work i don't get money uh, it's as yeah. simple as that and i actually li- lead a hand-to-mouth existence um yeah i, I don't have any savings anymore because they were all totally depleted during my yeah. during my custody mm. and court battles with my my ex mm. um i've never recovered from that finance well i have it sort of recovered financially but anyway that's another story mm. um but basically, I lead a hand-to-mouth existence. So, and I think because another symptom is—I don't know if this is a symptom of depression or whether this is a separate problem altogether. But they, but they are definitely there's an overlap, and that is the issue of motivation. Because um, oh yeah, I, yeah, you know, procrastination and motivation. Yeah, procrastination <laughs> is is a real problem for me. I admit that. Mm. um and um lack of motivation and that is something like I, I sometimes think to myself i wonder if i could just go to the doctor and say do you have a pill to to eliminate um or, or to to eliminate my lack of motivation or to you know just to stop whatever it is yeah. that is is preventing me from well, getting well, motivated Funny you mentioned that because the the tricyclic antidepressant I forget the name of it tricyclic is the the generic term but then there was a specific name and and I was like a Duracell bunny it was just incredible I was just like non-stop six hours sleep gym every day I wish I could find them again um, and and they were just incredible but the other ones I didn't I didn't have I just felt a void inside basically but um, yeah motivation is, is it, it's a funny thing because you, you look at the garden and the garden needs doing you go out there, you do five minutes, you think, oh, fuck this, I'm, you know, I've had enough, so, and you go back into to the warm because it's cold here at the moment. 
Um, and it, it is a, the the it is def, there's definitely a link between the motivation. I'm okay if there's people around me. I'm I'm, I'm I can get in. I'll, I'll even take the lead as well. But it's just being a lone soldier is like quite tough. The the other thing I was going to bring up about the um, about the antidepressants is that uh, you know they do get a bad rep and and there are some really good ones. But it's just that you ha- because it's such a complex um, it's such a complex illness that you have to find the right one. And that, that sometimes it's a real pain in the ass because you do go through these um, at the beginning. You go, the first ones, the tricyclic ones, I was okay with the second ones. You go through about four weeks of like lethargy, um, no uh, no um, uh, appetite and, and things like that. And, and you have to sort of find the right, it's not like, oh doctor, I want an antidepressant and they give you this antidepressant all of a sudden you're okay because you might need, um, some people are good on this, on one particular one, but they're not good on another. And and even to the point of when I was on Cetilopran, um, <clears throat> if the, even to the point um, that if they were made in a different lab that I noticed the difference, you know, if they were German made or if they were British made and things like that. So, so you know, it, it's a, it is a really sort of fine line to, to sort of, but, but what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's better to try them than to not to try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then we, we go on to the next, you know, onto the next thing. The important thing is that once you're on them, that you must come off them slowly. Cause one of the biggest problems is people, some people take them and think, wow, I feel great. I don't need them anymore. And then they just throw them away and think they can live their life because you will get such a come down that, that you, you're more likely, more likely to, to commit suicide than, then if you, you've got to come off them slowly, you know, you've got to do like half a tablet, then half a tablet every two days. You know, it's like any drug. You, you've got to wean yourself off. The, and you get a lot of people who, who look down the nose at people on antidepressants. I mean, I was prescribed antidepressants because I, I suffer from tinnitus. And when you first get it, that's a, that's a real problem. A lot of people, it's a real problem. And some people do commit suicide with tinnitus. And also, it's also prescribed with uh, certain types of backache as well because it, it, it relaxes your back. But uh, you get some people that look down on you while they're like smoking a cigarette and drinking alcohol. Mate, you're just self-medicating. You're no different than anyone else. You know, you, you're consuming alcohol in vast quantities or nicotine or, or drug of choice. And, and you're, self, you're self-medicating. So don't look down on people that are taking properly prescribed medication. Yeah, you mentioned a point there. I think that one of the worries, certainly for me, one of the worries is I heard a lot of stories about people who essentially became dependent on them. And um, they, um, I heard about people, I mean, friend, these are friends, people I knew, who, um, who tried to come off them but found that it was, they, they just couldn't. And they had reduced, even reducing the dose. And they, they found that when they came off them, eventually after just you know weaning themselves off through reduced dosage they did then um find that their depression returned after a bit and well you know. but the, the thing is um, the thing is uh, justin if uh, the, that's another mistake people make right some people are going to be like 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 we talked about with um uh the comedian i can't remember his name now um the one that was on i can't remember his name the guy that was on them for life that, that died uh, spike milligan he was on them for life and you know, do, do you want a life of depression? They won't. It's not a cure. It, it's it's a jump start. Effectively, it's a jump start. When you're in that, when you're in such a low position, it's a jump start. And it's best to to combine it with um, therapy and uh, change your lifestyle if you can, like 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 exercise. But if you're going to just take them and sit in front of the TV 
and smoke all day long, then no, you're just going to end up in the same space you was when you started them. You know, it is something to help you to give you a little boost to to get the cylinders all firing, hopefully, and propel you in the direction that you want to go. Now, if you come off them and you're still depressed, well, depression is an illness, and then you got you got to stay on them. It's better to be happy and on them than off them. You you take you take if you had um, for instance if you had uh, diabetes, you take you take your insulin shots. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I, I'm actually, yeah, I'm not, I'm sort of open-minded about it, and I, I'm, I listen to people. I think it's better, as we, as I mentioned at the beginning, and mm. um, that uh, trying to research it on the internet is, it, it's full of, uh, it's a minefield basically. Um, however, yeah. um, it's much better to talk to people and sort and and get a, a variety of opinions and from their first-hand experiences and then try to and try it for yourself as well i think yeah. you know um we, we should try things i mean as i said though the, the worry for me was i didn't want to be dependent on on any mm. kind of medication and I'm, <clears throat> I'm not luckily dependent on any kind of medication however do you think do you think that's a british thing or a man thing or because there's a lot of people that say i mean i, I was like that with statins and as you know i've been reading the book and i was I, it appears i was right but um, the, 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 a lot of people like that, I don't want to be dependent. I've, I've come off them. I'm off them. I've, I've been depressed for the last few days and I don't want to go back on them. So, and like, if, but if I thought I needed them, I would. I would take them. But I know it's the time of year. It's coming up to a milestone birthday. I'm not feeling too happy about that. There's a lot of things going on. Um, so, so, like, I think that you're, you're smart enough to, to, to know whether you come up. But if you're ill for the, for the whole of your life, then like, like Spike Milligan was, I mean, little 70 odd, um, you know, then that, that's the way it is. That's just, that's, just, it, it, it's a, it's a something for your illness, basically. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm definitely not sort of, uh, what's the word? I'm not a Luddite when it comes to uh, modern medicine, if you like, for want of a better word, but I, I'm not totally against it. I'm not one of these people that's, um, that's sort of going to pursue some, um, homeopathic herbal remedy for everything because that doesn't work for me and I'm not suggesting mm. I'm not suggesting that um, I'm in no way suggesting that we should uh, have a blanket uh, refusal to accept pharmaceuticals because I mean I, I, I as we talked about um, earlier just before we started this podcast um, before we started recording, I, I was actually this morning um, suffering from a cluster headache. I get cluster headaches, I get migraines and regular headaches. And the only uh, way I can actually function some days, not, not that regularly, uh, it's, it's not a problem that, that regularly, but it's at least um, maybe twice a month. Um, and sometimes more. Sometimes I go through stages of I'll get them like every few days, um, but then I'll go for a few months without one. But I do get headaches in one form or another that are not shifted with regular over-the-counter medicine. So I need to get like um, yeah. migraine medicine and cluster headache medicine. But um, so I I definitely will um, will 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 take. Um, I definitely will fly the flag for pharmaceuticals if uh, there is uh, no alternative. If there is an alternative, and that mm -hmm. you know, talking about depression, 
and you mentioned Jordan Peterson earlier, which we both, have, uh, of course, are a fan of. Um, mm. But um, I think he mentioned, um, and, and I thoroughly recommend anybody listening, you, you've got to listen to Jordan Peterson because uh, don't don't be put off by the, the, the hysterical SJW um, brigade who, who are just outraged by everything he says. Because if you listen to him, you'll find out that he doesn't say anything outrageous whatsoever. He just and the, and the, other, the other thing is about Jordan Peterson is it's important to realise he's not Eckhart Tolle. This isn't a spiritual self help guide where you know you sit in a field and meditate. It's 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 very it's tough, and it should be. Well, he's a scientist. He's a clinical <laughs> psychologist, and yeah. he is a scientist. And um, mm. he, he he said some very interesting points. Which, if you think about them, and when and you think about your your own life, you reflect on your own life. Some of what he says is absolutely true. And I and I and some of what he said, I'd already come to those conclusions before I'd even heard of Jordan Peterson. And I think, well, I, do you know, you know uh, sorry to interrupt you, but somebody he said that somebody, and this this was my point with him. I mean, he obviously, did, he, especially the scientific part of things, he really like really opened my eyes to a lot of things. But somebody said something. He said, and, and this is how I felt with him: what you've been saying, I've always thought, but I just wasn't articulate enough to put it into speech. Yeah, I think so. And I think uh, yeah. I think not only that, I think you're right there. A lot of mm. people do feel that. And a lot of mm. people also had thought, a thought um, had come to su such conclusions, perhaps, but were either felt they, they no, there was no recept nobody receptive to it, or they just sort of kept their thoughts to themselves. Because generally speaking, uh, most blokes do keep their thoughts to themselves on such matters. Yeah. So mm. um, I think the, um, the, the an example that he mentioned, which I I agree with, looking at my own, analysing my own life, is that um, is the one he said about having goals. And I think he's absolutely yeah. he's absolutely mm -hmm. right. I think having goals in your life definitely um, help lift your spirits and definitely having something to aim for definitely reduces the risk of feeling depressed in if and it may not eradicate it totally but i think when you're aiming for something when you're trying hard for something to to achieve something i don't recall feeling depressed during that time now if you mm. if you miss that target if you try hard and you miss it you may indeed feel depressed uh, upon missing your target your goals uh, however um you know there are there's another side to that where as you, you just pick yourself up and try again or, or you shift your goal slightly to something more more achievable and you learn mm. from you learn from your mistakes this that and the other but you know you need to be a stronger person and that's one of the things that i'm sort of try to think about is um when when I've been when I'm when I'm feeling depressed and when I'm not I actually think about it more when I'm not depressed because when I am depressed um, it's difficult to describe isn't it you can't you don't really think about how to deal with the depression when you're depressed you think about how to deal with it when you're not depressed and yeah. um, I think another issue which I, I mentioned to you before um, is that um, you know you you said to me that your your when you were at one of the lowest points in your life, um, not that long ago, you found that getting um, taking on a pet dog really 
lifted, mm. lifted you out of your depression and you, you credit your pet dog. Well, of course, let's be honest, it was you that made the decision to get the dog, so you should credit yourself. Yeah, there. I mean, but, I, you know. I didn't actually get get a, um, a specifically a dog just for that, because, but I just thought one day I would, I would own, I've never, I've always owned cats and I've still got a cat, um, but they're, 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 they're selfish, like, so they're not, <laughs> they're not that good. Um, but uh, I, I took a lot, I, I live near uh, 6,000 square acres of, of woodland and I used to take a lot of walks in the woods. I, I fish, I metal detect and it, I just thought it'd be nice to have company. But I also thought, God, I'm going to be stuck with this muck for like 10, 12, 15 years. But then I thought to myself, well, it'll be worth it. You know, you'll deal with, if you need to go on holiday, whatever, you'll deal with it when the time comes. But what you've got to do, worry about is the 48 to 50 weeks, right, where you're, where you're suffering. So that's what you have to deal with, and wolf dog, and and you know I got a dog, you've got your son, and there's no comparison, but it is an external, no, there is no, there is a external factor that gives you something to aim for. Yeah, I think there is a comparison in the <laughs> sense that you've just said it's the it's the external factor that uh, helps us uh, helps us deal. Well, it's not that we if we have somebody who is dependent on us, if we have somebody yeah. who we have an obligation to, a duty to, and children are the most uh, cherished part of our lives, I believe, for, for the majority of people. For the majority of good people, their children yeah. are really the most important things in their lives, the things they cherish the most. And um, that is certainly um, something that has, I think, stopped me especially when i was at my sort of lowest darkest times um and i came very close to to ending it all it was thoughts of my children that actually stopped me from um going the, the, you know topping myself basically to put it bluntly um you know i've heard that a lot. i've heard that a lot i've also heard it when people have been Say soldiers are severely accident, uh, severely injured, or maybe a car, uh, maybe in a car crash, and, and they they think of their kids and their wife and their kids or whatever something very very important to them. And quite often people say to you, you know, what's your name, what's your family's name, what's your kids' name, you know, like when they're in and out of consciousness. So it's to keep them going, yeah. it's to keep that positive thing going. And and I think because if you've got nothing, then it, it must be very difficult to 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 to, to live, you know, to want to live if you're if you're in a life and death situation. I think so, and like. You, you. Although you don't have children, I think you. We can liken that uh, the, the the concept of that. We could, in the sense that you, by taking on your pet dog, and also I think we shouldn't. Uh, we should say here that it's also, it's this 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 situation or this concept is subject to you actually just being a good decent person at heart because otherwise yeah of course yeah you know. yeah i mean you've got to take you've got to take the responsibility which i have yes and 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 people and people have all said family you've just become so much better since you've had the dog it's been about two two and a half years now since i've had him and, and he's, he's the apple of my eye i love him to bits um and i actually had a comment with this woman it wasn't a uh, it wasn't so much as uh i think she wanted the relationship and i i was quite happy with just being mates and uh, she said, she said something like, "You love your dog too much," and I said, "You can't love a dog enough." Yeah, and I, I, I know, and mm. I, I gave you an example the other day. Um, but I'll, I'll repeat it here. When I, I think when, when I um, broke up with my first 
my first like true love we always have this thing idea that your first true love which is usually yeah. usually when you're at school your school age uh in, mm. in your mid to mid to late teens or mid-teens isn't it and um when i my first pro i'd say proper love affair when i was uh 18 uh with um with a girl in, in my um year at school and mm. um we we were dating. I forget how long it was. It was about a year and a half. And um, when we, uh, when the relationship ended, um, she dumped me uh, for another guy. Mm -hmm. um, she and um, she. Uh, well, we both finished school, and we were both now going to separate colleges. And um, yeah. and then she. So anyway, I won't go into the details of that here. But I, um, I, I took it badly. And um, well, first, first, the first cut is the deepest, is the well, as they the say, yeah. And um, yeah. I, I took it very badly and I was very depressed. And um, I think that was my first um suicide attempt, and it failed, mm. it failed actually. I mm. took some pills, and mm. I always I feel, always feel guilty because actually, I, I, my father was taking some pills for um, which may have been statins, I don't know what he was taking for his blood pressure or something, mm. and um, I didn't know what they were. I just wanted to end it all. And I took these pills thinking that they were um, going to kill me. And um, I just fell asleep and woke up the next day. And he asked me, he said, do you know anything about my missing pills? And he was very polite. Mm. He probably, at the time, I just denied everything. And he, mm. I suspect he knew, but he didn't want to. Um, he, he broached the, sub the, the subject very, very carefully because he probably understood what I was going through. Because I think he did. Because I think it was the yeah yeah it yeah. was the very first time in in our in the relationship with my father that he actually mm. showed some sensitive side because he'd been quite hard yeah, on, yeah. he'd been very hard on me before that. yeah I would you know. I would if I had a, if I had a daughter or, or a son you know I've been through it and and I've been at the other side of it and I would explain to them it's you know it's, it appears that I, I tell you one of the greatest songs that ever ever broaches that subject is. Cry your eyes out by the streets. Have you ever? Have you heard? I it? haven't. I'll, I'll have to. Um, I'll, oh, I'll look it up. Yeah, I'll look it up. It, it's just. It's just got all all the ingredients. It's just brilliant. Like uh, that's not I, from I mean, your I, first I, album, is it? The streets' first album. I, I, I can't remember. It was number one here. Oh, it was. It was a big. It was a massive hit. I've got here, the first album, the, so I'll, if, it, yeah. if it's on that, but otherwise I'll look it up on YouTube. I think it's called. It's called Cry Your Eyes, and it's just. It's just got all. It's just got all the major food groups in it. It's just it covers up the whole thing. You know that that pain, that heart. You know, will you come? I think back? I do whole... know it. Yeah, it's coming back to yeah. me now. I do know it. Yeah, <clears> yeah. Right. I think. Well, um, there've been a lot of songs because, of course, that does that that does, it, 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 it. The breaking up of a love affair, the breaking up of a relationship, and yeah. the, the all the emotions and and that go with that, undoubtedly mm. are one of the greatest um, triggers of creativity. And yeah, um, yeah. just the, the all, if you think of so much popular culture, especially music that deals with that topic, um, then. Yeah, you know. I mean, people like Shirley Bassey and that, they made, made a living out of it. You know, the, all these, these sort of love, deep love songs. I mean, I don't get affected by it now because I've been so buttressed by it all. I don't really give a toss. Um, well, you do when you get older. The, you do because you, you're yeah. right. And we've been well, through that, it. That's, you know. that's, well, you say when you get older, but if you was in the same, if you was in the same, um, relationship all your life and you was in a really good marriage you probably wouldn't 
Like ah, it's because yeah, we yeah, think yeah. a lot. I mean, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, I mean, I do. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of his, but there's some things, especially about marriage, I don't agree with, because he's he fell in love with his wife when he when she was eight or he was eight years old. They never got together at eight years old, obviously, but but you know, he's, he's been with her for a very very long time, and he's been fortunate in that. It sounds like she's a wonderful woman, and um, it, he's been very very fortunate in in that respect. And he's got a wife, he's got his two kids, and and the whole nuclear family thing going on. So, but if if I think that if you've been in and out of broken relationship, it does buttress you, it does make you tougher, it does you put up with a lot less bullshit than you used to. I know that for sure. Um, and and that that brings me to uh, back to like with the depression in childhood because pe- people say um, it's not contagious like say flu but you can have uh, you can be you can have the um, capacity to get depression because your parent my, my both parents had it my dad was in a, uh, what what is now termed as a functional alcoholic but it wasn't recognised then and it's not so much that you'll catch it. Um, you might have something in your brain, but it's also because when you, at such a young age, when you grow up in, in that environment, then your neuro pathways will be formed. That so, say for instance, your your dad was a depression. He locks he locks himself in a room in a dark room, and your mama keeps saying, "Shh, shh, don't talk too loud." Your dad, you know, dad, your dad's not well. That that will affect you. That will affect that your your way of thinking. You know, your 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 neuro pathways will burn that way. And 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 I think because I know you didn't have a particularly wonderful childhood, and I never either. Um, but that that um, that whole sort of uh, that depression, if it's in your family, there's a good chance you will get it later. If if you um, have that approach, that if you have the same sort of you know like the heart the breakup or the loss of a job, because what people don't realise is that having no stress can be as bad as having too much stress, because we are built to to thrive on stress but just not not like it's more of a a, a quick stress you know the, the fight or flight syndrome or freeze uh, we tend to freeze you see see if you're in a bad relationship and you're married and you've got kids and you're in it for 30 years that's like a gnawing um gnawing uh stress that, that will eventually wear you out and which you might start drinking to or taking drugs or whatever and same as being, you know, under in a bad in a bad job that you can't leave because you've got to you've got to supply for the wife and kids and the boss is treating you like shit and 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 things like that. Um, that's the worst type of stress because again, in a way, that's a form of control because it, it's got you and you can't leave it. Whereas if if the burglar breaks into your house, um, you, you you deal with it. You know, you're either going to run and you're going to deal with it. I had an incident about two or three years ago, and I was this is before I got the dog, and I was in deep depression. I was like, the, the wife had left, um, and I was in a really, really bad way. Um, not because I, I missed her; it was nothing to do with that. It was more to do with she was a narcissist, but that's that's for another subject. Um, and and I got into a, it wasn't my fault. A guy attacked me, and I got into this massive fight. You know, it was like the police cars, there was crowds of people there. Uh, this guy started on me. And we just ended up rolling around the floor, and 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 uh, and I got the better of him, although he was younger than me. Um, um, he got a lucky kick in at the end. I, I have to say it was lucky. It was lucky. Um, but I felt great after it. I felt really, really good. I was bashed up a bit because I'd rele- I'd released all that all that negative emotion. I was full of adrenaline. Yeah, I, I think you we you've touched on um, on on another issue there and the, the, the adrenaline problem as well. And this is a major, uh, this is a major aspect to depression or, uh, and you know, the, 
the managing or the body's management of adrenaline and uh, how that manifests in in our behaviour. And I think uh, I, I have to wrap this up now, Joe. So uh, okay. we've, we've hardly really touched on the subject, and I think it's yep. it's definitely a subject that requires. Uh, a lot more discussion, and um, we'll have we'll have a part two next week. We, we'll def we're definitely going to continue these conversations okay. uh, amongst other topics, which we will continue. And I will say that I know this podcast now is being shared on um, a variety of platforms, but the one that we use, Anchor, I don't, I haven't seen any comments on it. Um, if anybody does want to leave comments, I'm afraid um, I only use Anchor and Apple Podcasts, so. If you are, if there is another, um, such as Spotify and all manner of other pl um, platforms that this you're listening to this podcast on, um, I, I don't, Joe and I don't get to see it. So um, what I would say is uh, there are two places where you can leave comments below the podcasts um, that I will see. And um, I am, I'm happy to, uh, I think both of us will be happy to, uh, respond to uh, whether it's directly in the comments or whether it's uh, actually something we can discuss in the podcast there are two places one of those is there's a facebook page called men's broadcasting services so um, have a look for that on on facebook men's broadcasting services um, that's where i don't post every podcast there but i do but i will start doing it now i've now i've announced this i'm going to start posting every podcast but you'll see some previous podcasts posted there which you can comment on the other place is there's um there's a social media platform called MeWe. uh this is where a lot of people migrated to uh when facebook started um clamping down on uh, free speech and um, just generally being horrible to people is that is that spelled m-e-w-w-e-e -E? yeah it's spelled m-e-w-e uh, if you go to MeWe and just type MGTOW, because MeWe did not, it, it didn't take off, I think. It's not as popular, perhaps, as they, as it's getting more popular, but it's, there are other alternatives that um, are maybe getting more popular than MeWe. But if you go to MeWe, that's the other one I use uh, on a regular basis. And just type, go to a group search. I think you can do a search for groups and pages and just type MGTOW. Um, in the M, you know how to spell MGTOW, M, um, M G uh, T O W, and you'll find that uh, some of these podcasts are posted there. And um, yeah, so uh, feel free to comment in those two places. Uh, and I'm sorry if you have commented anywhere else. Uh, I, we simply have not seen those comments because I don't even know where this is being distributed. The internet is a, is a massive place. Uh, there are so many platforms and we simply are not um, in, con we are not connected with every platform. So um, yeah, go to uh, the Facebook page, Men's Broadcasting Services or MeWe and look for a MGTOW group uh, or page. And if, you, if you're a, if you're a, um... A snowflake troll. We just we just dine on your tears. Well, I don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm not I'm not worried about people like that. Yeah. I'm just I mean, if obviously um, it, it goes without saying that any silly comments, any anything that I don't mean, I'm not talking about offences. I'm not. We're, we're neither of us are easily offended. But if it's just going to be pointless and and just um, 
trolling and just troublemaking and obviously probably you probably won't be um addressed but um yeah anyway yeah i've got to get going because okay. um i've got to go look, and look forward to do doing part stuff. two with yeah. you then and uh, okay, we'll then. definitely talk again soon cheers joe take it easy take it bye bye